On today's episode, Charlie Foster is back to chat about why he shaved his beard and how it can start an important conversation about men's health. So it's No Shave November. You look completely different from any time that we've ever seen you before. I'm going to say thank you to that. I'm going to say that different in this case is a compliment. So got to William & Mary in 2015. I was in the master's program, and at that time I had a beard, and I've had a beard continuously ever since. So I actually grew the beard that I had when we met for No Shave November in 2012. So I am old enough to have grown a beard in 2012, but eight years continuously had a beard, and then T. Davis our friend and colleague challenged me and the veterans to participate in No Shave November or Movember or whatever setup you wanted to use to raise awareness for men's health. And I said, what a great cause. Now I have to do this. And so I posted on social media to get kind of excitement up on Halloween. I said, tomorrow, I think I'm going to shave my beard. And so my mom is going crazy. My sister is going crazy. My wife has never seen me without a beard. And then on November 1st, I posted a video shaving and sped it up, which was crazy. I wish I had thought about this more in advance in case anybody wants to plan on doing this. I should have spent a little time half shaved <laughs> and then half bearded <laughs> to help everybody adjust. There's you know? a moment of that. We have the clip on the William Mary Wellness Instagram. You shared that with us. And I would have I would have loved to do it with the full length on the left side mm-hmm. and the bald on the right <laughs> side, just because I am still the same person, but it's super jarring visually. And I think that's been probably a really fun part of this. So I would encourage people to do it, those folks who have had a beard for a long time. And I did just pressure our own Kelly Crace. He stuck his head in the door a little bit earlier that he's got to be the one to do this, if not this year, the next year, because it's so jarring. And I think people really get a kick out of that, at least so far. And really, the point of that jar is to spark a conversation, right? So have you been joined by the student veterans that you work with? Some of them have. It was not overwhelming participation, and I'll tell you there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that not everybody can grow a beard or a mustache, and I really underestimated how many people were going to do that because there is a time-honored military tradition of growing a terrible-looking mustache. That's because it's allowed within most military regulations, is that you can grow a mustache, not a beard, but a mustache, and it has to stay within the confines of the edges of your mouth. (laughs) So you're allowed to, in sea services in particular, it's especially hilarious to participants. That includes me, I think they are hilarious. So I said, okay, everybody's gonna wanna do this. This is gonna be really fun and funny. And then a lot of them came back and said, well, I can't even grow one. And they say it in that way where it's a shame, you know, but I don't think so at all because that means they couldn't grow one when they were in, which means that they didn't have to shave nearly as much as me and scrape five layers of skin off my neck. And it was always a risk when you got inspected. If you didn't shave sufficiently, well, now you're in all kinds of trouble. There are a few people who would have to shave twice a day just in case because they didn't want to get in trouble after lunch. So they eat lunch and then shave that second time because it's just easier. It's just easier than than dealing with all that. So that's a little known part of people's commitment to the military or uniformity is those, let's pour a little out for those guys who had to shave twice a day. I just thought about something. Considering like your polished brash, polished shoes, the neatness of uniform, how did the beard piece fit in as far as, was it equal to those? Was it more important, less important? 
Oh, your your shave. Basically, an inspection of an entire unit is uh, basically a numerical measure of that entire unit. So any one individual who has some flaw counts against the whole. You know, that gets into this team mentality that's present in the military if you're part of a shop or a team or a squad or a platoon. Basically, you're accountable for each other. That puts additional pressure on doing the right thing or doing your job well because you don't want anyone else to suffer in any way or even get in a little bit of trouble or even lose if it's a competition because of something that you did or didn't do. I think that does manifest in inspections and maybe that's part of the reason to shave that second time (laughs) is to take the pressure off of your colleagues. So really the point of shaving off for this moment in time though is to spark a conversation about men's health and wellness issues. And so what are some of those topics that we're covering in November? Yeah, so prostate cancer is, and and this is all information that was so kindly provided to me by T. So prostate cancer is the number two cause of death of men of all different ethnic backgrounds in the United States. I think that's underestimated. I know I underestimated that and I think others did too. It's the number two cancer overall after skin cancer and it's way more dangerous than skin cancer. Prostate cancer is a big one. The depression statistics is something that the health and wellness team here at William & Mary can teach me a lot about, but these are shocking statistics. We want to get the word out about that, but similarly, we want to share resources on that too. So it is often a topic associated with the military because there are military and veteran suicide rates that are higher than civilian rates or close, and all of the rates are unacceptable. This is an opportunity to talk about this health issue for men But overall, we absolutely want to fight that. We want to work on that. And so it's really raised that topic in my mind, and that's been very good. The post that I did this weekend was about pancreatic cancer because Alex Trebek died. And the reason that I wanted to post it is because Alex Trebek was very open with his illness since 2019, and I think that's what we need to do. So A, I think we need to encourage one another to be smart, which he spent his career doing, and then B, I I think we should be open with the issues of men's health. Prostate cancer on checks a little bit. Can we chat about that? Because really those checks are supposed to happen pretty frequently. If I understand correctly, that when you're 45 is when you start having the checks. And yeah, it's a stone cold killer. I mean, this is something that is killing people and it needs to be early detected. And there are also health steps that we can take to prevent it. So preventative care and then early detection, I think, are, are really good outcomes that, that can come from No Shave November or Movember. No, I think what Charlie said is exactly, you know, on point is that there are preventative things we can do, you know, through diet, through exercise, knowing your family history, not being afraid to get tested. You know, there are so many people like, oh, I know what the procedure means and I don't want that. Well, unfortunately, it's the way that we test. And so it's a conversation you also have with your doctor, that you have that open relationship. I'm lucky my doctor is a veteran, and she is fantastic. We had a wonderful discussion just about cancer risk and how age plays in that. And it made it easy for me to have a physician who was able to have those conversations as well. And the challenge that I think could be faced is, what if you have a physician who is not that easy to have a conversation with? And that's where you need to step up and be part of your own team. What Charlie's saying here is that, We definitely need to look at these preventative pieces 
but we also need to be able to have a health-seeking behavior and step forward and say, you know what, I'm approaching my 45th birthday, my 50th birthday, never had this done, it's time. And whether you're a traditional or non-traditional student, whether you're a professor, faculty, or staff, it's something we need to think about. And all of us know somebody who is in that age range. And I think, too, really instilling that empowerment, and especially for a community that is so others-serving, when you self-serve for those moments, that really it just builds that ability for you to go out and more strongly serve your community and those around you, too. Right, and I think that the communication part of it may be best viewed as a continuum. So we say the message multiple times. I mean, that's one thing that I'm committed to is reminding student veterans, military students about resources on campus all the time. Once, when they get here for new students, but also, hey, you know, the VA actually pays for tutoring this semester and next semester and the semester after every single semester. I see Eric's jaw has dropped. Well, it's a reimbursement process though, so of course they make it as difficult as possible. And we, we love the VA, by the way, but we can joke about the VA, which is to say, how many forms does it take, you know? And it has, to be, has to be signed by the tutor, too. So just those multiple reminders to do the self-care. Multiple reminders to go to the doctor. Maybe the doctor's a veteran. I know my dental hygienist was a veteran. You could laugh. That made me feel better. And she told her joke about having to be the assistant for a military doctor who said, okay, she's going to help get you ready for your vasectomy. And everybody panicked, including her, because she's a dental hygienist, you know. <laughs> but I do think maybe injecting some humor or whatever we got to do, and then doing it multiple times over time to continue to drive that point home, just to hopefully catch the person at the time when they're very receptive to this idea, when ordinarily, like you said, they're outward facing or, or they, they want to help others rather than themselves. I think one of the things that we face in public health is there's the perceived susceptibility is, you know, well, I'm not 45 yet, or no one in my family's ever had this, or eh, it's not that bad, you get surgery if you get it. And there's a perceived risk, well, it's not as bad as people say it is. There are the perceived benefits of, okay, well, what are the benefits if I go get tested? And, you know, early detection, what are, the, what are the benefits if I eat more fiber or do a little bit of family research? You know, what are those cues to action where we get those email messages, where we see those posters, where our COs or professors, somebody is saying, hey, don't forget to get tested. That's important. And then how do we have that self-actualization piece of, I can do this. I've got the knowledge. I've got the attitude, the commitment to change that Charlie's talking about. I've got the skills that I need. Bam. That's how it happens. And it's figuring out where are you on that scale? Is it you don't have the knowledge, you don't, have the, you don't know about the susceptibility, and we can help plug in some of those points, or, you know, SVE can plug in some of those points. We encourage you to have an open dialogue with your physician about any of your own health concerns. If you're on campus and need to connect with resources, you can visit us online at www.wm.edu backslash wellness.